Let the kiki begin. Good evening, everybody. This is another episode of Kiki with Kian, and I'm so happy to be back with you guys tonight. The past couple weeks have been a lot of mess been going on, but I told you guys I'm going to release a total of eight episodes this season, and I'm going to do so. So go on, get a drink. We're going to catch up, and then I'm going to get into some things for tonight's episode, okay? Y'all saw Rihanna's Super Bowl performance? We gonna talk about that tonight. Rihanna, I, know, I love you, but we gotta talk, okay? Um, we also got some things to talk about regarding, you know, some updates that's been going on with me. And also, I'm gonna just give you guys a good episode tonight. Actually, I think I might give you guys multiple episodes, because like I said, I've been slacking. So hurry up, get a drink, because we about to start. The last break about to come. Oh my gosh. I wonder if you guys have heard this song somewhere else. I told you guys it was on something else. I think I heard it somewhere else. And I wonder if you guys thought like, oh my gosh, is this about to be an episode of Kiki with Kian? Has he made it to TV yet? Unfortunately, I have not. But... God willing, I'll be there very soon. Um, you guys can see me on the big screen because, you know, um, I think I've expressed in the past that I'm interested in screenwriting uh, for TVs, for movies. You know, I do have a, you know, background with academia and the government and stuff like that. But that's definitely the next career path I want to take. But I need to get this master's degree. And I'm waiting to hear back from the Howard University on my acceptance. So y'all please pray for me, okay? <sighs> But anyway, uh, I'm so glad to be back. Uh, you know, this is season three of Kiki with Kian. My last episode, I had a couple friends that, you know, hit me up and say, Kian, we love the episode. If you guys didn't hear it, go back. It's called Upper Middle Class White Woman. I've been saying since I was in my mid-20s, I wanted to live like an upper middle class white woman, uh, you know, because they, they, you know, they dress up. They're very into fashion and so am I. Uh, they like to drink wine. So do I. You know, they live in like nice apartments in the city. Um, it gives very um, like sex in the city. You know, we like to go to brunch and stuff like that. But then Olivia Pope came in. You know, she kind of, you know, threw all of that out. Like she was the epitome of just upper middle class woman in general, upper middle class person in general. But she was having way too much going on with a scandal and I couldn't deal with this. So we're going to just give it back to the white women, give them something. Shout out to all the white women that listen to this podcast and to the black men and black women and people, whoever that date white women, shout out to all of y'all. As long as you ain't racist, I fucks with you. <laughs> so tonight we're going to be talking about trauma bonds and what is a trauma bond? So trauma bond is really when people bond with each other, whether it's a relationship, a romantic relationship, a friendship, or just even they have some type of like familial relationship 
and they use like their trauma to either, you know, bring each other close together or they use it to guilt trip people. Um, the latter is way more common than you guys think it is. But yeah, I'm gonna just give you guys a personal uh, experience because I love doing this on my podcast. You know, this is, you know, therapy for me talking to you guys. And again, if you have like any comments, questions, you know, any topic ideas or any like suggestions that you have for this podcast, please email me at kclorbert at icloud.com. Okay, so I have a relative, okay? I, you know what, F it. I don't really bang with this person, so I'll just put their business on. I don't care. So I have a half, I have a few half, I have a couple half sisters. I have two of them. But one of my half sisters, we did not grow up together, and I'm several years older than her. However, uh, I've been very open about my childhood abuse. Well, most of my childhood abuse. There are certain things I don't feel like talking about. But uh, I've been open about my childhood abuse on this uh, podcast. And a lot of my childhood abuse, especially the physical part, came from my biological father. Now, this man did not raise me. And out of my whole, you know, childhood, that's age from zero to 18, I probably spent a total of one year with this man. But the damage was so bad, y'all, it affects me to this day. Like, it really does. So anyway, I was fortunate. And I know that sounds crazy. Like, I'm 32 years old and it's still affecting me like bad. But this young lady, my half-sister... She dealt with it all the way, you know, until she left the house or the apartment because, you know, he wasn't working. So the apartment they were all crammed into, she was there until I think she was 16 and she had to be removed from the house. If anyone hears this and they related to him, I don't care. Ari bash his ass on his podcast and I will continue to do so until he can't stop yourself. (sighs) So anyway... She um she she went through it bad. She did. And I'm very understanding of people's trauma because like again, I've went through it myself. And especially from having the same abuser or one of we we share an abuser in common. Uh one of my abusers. I've had several. Uh, but you know, I share an abuser with her. So I had that kind of bond with her but we were not close you know i didn't talk to her until she turned 18 i remember the day she turned 18 i was still living in france and i found her on facebook and i reached out to her and i said you know i'm so i'm not gonna say her name though i was telling her how happy i was that you know she was 18 and i'm so happy i got to you know find her and everything and you know i was just hoping you know maybe you know I can like we could have like an adult relationship. We probably wouldn't be like close like friends or anything like that. But, you know, maybe, you know, we meet up and have like lunch or dinner when I got back to the States. And because we both from Pennsylvania, she lived in Pennsylvania at the time. And so did I. And she didn't start college yet. But I was a junior and I was abroad. But I was going to go back to the U.S. in the fall. So any or in the summer, excuse me. So anyway, I just wanted to, you know. When you know you have like a family member or like someone that you don't have any beef with, but you kind of feel like you should have some type of relationship with them because maybe y'all have a lot of experience together. You were childhood best friends and y'all didn't really have a falling out, but you know, you just drifted apart, but you reconnected and you kind of want to, you know, you know, initiate or reinitiate 
reignite, excuse me, some type of relationship. I wanted to do that with her. And like I said, we didn't grow up together or anything like that, but I just wanted to talk to her. And I just thought it would be cool for us to, you know, if it came to if she was comfortable, just to talk about our experiences because we were both young. She was just turned 18 and I was 21, turning about to turn 22. So we were still very young adults. So me and her connected and we spoke on the phone every now and then. We actually spoke to our other sister who's older than both of us. Um, she's uh, one of my half sisters as well. I love her. Shout out to her. I'm not going to say her name either. Uh, she just had a baby though. So I'm excited about that. I'm an uncle again. So anyway, um, the three of us, there were a few times the three of us spoke on the phone for a while. We were just talking, laughing, kikiing, having a good time. And me and my older sister, I think, um, I mean, I don't know about her, you know, abuse or whatever, nothing like that. But me and her were, were hood twins. Uh, we're two months apart and our mothers were the same age when they gave birth to us. Um, I'm not too familiar with her mother's family, but um, it, from what I've, you know, gathered, it was some similarities between her mom and my mom. So... You know, I get. I guess we have similar personalities, but with this other sister, the younger one, she was just very different. And I don't know if it's because of her upbringing, because she was in that house with him. And also, I grew up, you know, around mostly black people or a mix of people most of my life. Um, and when I say a mix, like very, like from elementary school, then when I went to high school, was very diverse. But those few years in between, I was either in an all-white area or all-black area. So I I, I kind of, and my older sister is the same way. So we kind of, you know, have that personalities, those experiences very similar. And of course, she suffered some abuse at the hands of our biological father. But my younger half-sister grew up around all-white people, basically. And she also lived in that house and had trauma with our biological father our abuser so her personality is a little bit more different she's a little quieter uh like my biological father is and i just felt very i don't want to say I, I don't like to say i feel bad for people because that could be an insult but my heart went out for her and I, I was very understanding of her so over the years you know we've only seen each other once as adults she came to my uh, i had a housewarming party years ago um when I lived in a trap house after I graduated from college, she actually came down, her and her boyfriend at the time. I met him. He was a nice guy. I was happy to see her because the last time I saw her, um, our great aunt, my aunt Karen, she passed away right before I went to college. So this was 2009. So she was 15. I was 19. No, I was 18. I'm sorry, not 19. I was 18 and she was 14 or 15 at the time. And before that, the last time I saw her, she was 10 years old. So, you know, and I think out of my whole life, I've seen this girl probably a total of nine times. So I was just happy to see her and my other sister. I'll get to that girl in a minute. Um, My sister, who I was raised with from my, with my mother, you know, she was supposed to be there. But like I said, I'll get to that in a minute. She was supposed to be there, but I was just happy. I'm like, oh, you know. I thought I was going to have both of my sisters and, you know, we could all talk and, you know, and her and my sister are actually both Aries. 
and their birthdays are actually four days apart. So I thought, oh, maybe they can talk and, you know, maybe they'll get to know each other. And I don't know why I'm always trying to play matchmaker, but with friends, not couples. But I always want people to like be friends. And my friend Bridget, who was at this party, calls me Mr. Plus One because I always bring an uh, extra person with me. And I did that at this party I went to last Saturday. Um, but I already told my friends I'm bringing somebody and they were cool with it. And they knew the person. But anyway, um, yeah, I I was talking to her. And for years, you know, me and this girl, we were talking and everything was, you know, decent. But I started noticing, like, every time I spoke to her, it was always some drama with her. Like, I would never hear anything good about her life. Every time I spoke to her or heard from her, she was always complaining and, you know, going through something and needing money and all this other stuff. So I'm just now in the past, you know, probably three years have been been on my feet financially. But before that, you know, your 20s, you're struggling. You know, I'm trying to pay bills. I'm out here trying to live, get my career together, get some type of foundation. So that way I could set myself up for my 30s. Like I, um, I'm still trying to set myself up for my 30s and I'm almost three years in. But she was always asking for stuff or, you know, whether it was advice, which I'm happy to give. But then she didn't want to take the advice. She asked for money, but it was never enough money or I didn't have the money to give. So that was an issue. So, you know, it was, you know, the violin was playing with her, uh, not the violin, but the crocodile tears came. It was just a lot for me. And it started to drain me because I felt bad for her. And, you know, I tried plenty of times to give this girl resources, told her this is where you need to go to. These are the people that could help. At one point I told her, uh, cause she went to college and got her degree. I said, how about this? How about you start applying for jobs down here in DC? You could use my address down here cause I'm gonna give you guys a little insider. These companies and jobs in the DC area do not like to hire people that do not live in DC. I mean, you have to be like a top executive in like a, another company, like a Fortune 500 company or international organization uh, for a DC company to even consider you. And when I'm saying companies, I'm talking government institutions, educational institutions, uh, private uh, financing institutions, you know, cultural events, museums, all of that stuff. If you do not live in D.C. or have a D.C. address, it's like they just throw your resume away. Trust me. I know. I got very lucky. And the only reason I got my job so, uh, was because they didn't have to pay for a clearance for me because I already had a government clearance. So I got lucky that way. But when I tell y'all they do not like to hire people outside of the DMV, they don't. That's just some tea I'm giving y'all. So I told her, use my address for the time being. And, you know, when you start having interviews, in-person interviews, come down. You could stay in my house for the weekend. It would be no problem. You could stay in my room and then go back to, you know, where she was living at, you know, that Sunday night or Monday. Take the bus because, you know, you don't got Amtrak money. She barely got any money. So and that was no dig. I took Amtrak until I... 2018, 2019. I uh, started taking Amtrak then. Before that, it was Peter Pan, Greyhound, and Boat Bus. Megabus has been trashed the past few years, especially when they start charging for that uh, $5 seat that's on the second um, staged. I said staged, like in French. The second floor of the bus at the very front, when they start charging for that, no more Megabus for me. 
So anyway, I was telling her to do that. And because she's a girl, there's a lot of houses down here, you know, where it's a bunch of female roommates, like three or four, maybe five of them live in a house. I'm like, you know, you do that for a year, you know, save some money, you know, meet some friends. Maybe you move in with a friend or a boyfriend or whatever the case may be after that first year is up. But just get yourself situated. She did not want to do that. She decided she was going to do her own thing. Fine. It is what it is. But then a few months later calls me crying, asking for money and advice. And I have nothing to give her but the latter. And she didn't want to hear it because it wasn't what she wanted me to say. So at this point, if you're asking me for advice, I don't give advice voluntarily. Like, you know, um, you have to ask for me. I'm not going to give my input because people have different, you know, perspectives on life. And then also, I guess because of the trauma I went through. I'm very like, rah, rah, rah. You're not going to disrespect me and take advantage of me. But other people that have been through abuse like her, you know, they're not as rah, 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 or as, you know, aggressive as I am. So, and also she's a younger woman. I'm an older man. So it's different. And people are going to, you know, uh, think of her and look at her differently if she got rah, 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 which is not fair. So I didn't know what to do. And for years, she was always calling me, crying, and tried to make me feel bad because she would say, you should support me. I'm your sister, blah, blah, blah. And she was right, technically. But as she was talking like that, I was like, I was getting more and more annoyed than, you know, sympathetic towards her. Because like I said, I've probably seen her a total of nine times my entire life. We didn't grow up together. And then when we first reconnected, everything was good. It was great. But then there was a point, it was right after she graduated from college, where she just became very needy. Like, oh, like, I need this. I need money for this. I need your advice. But if you, she don't like your advice, she'll get upset. And it's like, well, why are you asking me and trying to drag me into your nonsense if you don't want to get any type of help from me, whether it's my, uh, unless it's monetary. If it wasn't monetary, then, you know, the advice that she claimed she wanted from me, she, she didn't want it. She was just like, oh, well, I, I don't care. And it really annoyed me. So then when she would call me a few, every few months, a few months later, and the whole thing would happen again, I just got to I don't care. Like, leave me alone. I don't care. It's annoying. You bother me. Um, I'm thinking this. I didn't say this to her, but someone's texting me as I'm talking to y'all. So my attention diverted a little bit. I'm sorry about that. But it was just very, I did not care to help her anymore. Because it's but so many times. It's like, you know, when you have a friend and her man or his man or her girl or his girl it's doing them wrong or they think they're doing them wrong and they want your advice or the partner of your friend is cheating on them. And, you know, you want to stand up for your friend and you feel for your friend, but they're going to keep taking the person back and get mad at everybody that's mad at their partner for cheating on them. At some point, you're just like, I give up. I don't care. It, you know, and then that friend tries to make you feel bad when you just stop caring about their relationship drama. That was her, except her relationship drama was her life drama. It was something always going on with her life. Uh, people didn't like her. She was always targeted, bullied. And it was like the woe is me, the victim is me. But then I legit heard her talk to people crazy, said crazy things to them. And 
in these situations, they were in the right. So I just felt like, okay, girl, I can't defend you anymore. This is getting ridiculous. So the, about two years ago, I started like moving away from her. Like, I can't deal with this girl. She would text me. I would respond back, but it will be like short responses. And then she like, can I call you? Can I call you? So when I would answer the call, she'll start like... <sighs> Start crying like, I'm, I'm doing real bad. I need money. And I'm like, I don't have money for you. I don't know what to do. Do you want me to give you advice? She would say, okay. I would give her the advice. She's like, well, no, you don't know what's going on. That doesn't make sense. I had to tell her like, look, what you're not going to do is try to set me up or talk crazy to me. I asked you, did you want advice? You said yes. So if you didn't like the advice I gave, you could have been like, okay, well, I might do a different approach, but thank you for listening or thank you for giving me a, a different perspective or, you know, uh, looking at it from a different point of view. something to at least have show some gratitude, like trick ain't got no gratitude. And I just was getting very annoyed with that to the point I'm like, I don't even care what this girl does anymore. If she wants to be miserable, sad, depressed, I legit don't care. And I was actually talking to a friend of mine a couple weeks ago about this sister because something else happened. Um, and my, I was like, am I a sociopath? And they were laughing. I'm like, no, seriously, because I just don't have any... When I am over somebody or don't want to help them i just don't care like what happens i mean i don't want death her like her to get you know killed or die nothing like that or be depressed it's just like if i just don't have any communication with her as long as i know she's alive that's cool but i just don't care to have a relationship with her i hope she doesn't call my phone i hope to have no type of christmas messages with her no happy birthdays no new year's and i'm the one that initiate this stuff by the way People that know me know I always send out stuff if I remember your birthday. I just started doing a calendar because I'm getting older now and COVID has affected me. So with my memory. So I'm just like, I just don't care to have a deep relationship with this girl anymore. Like when I reconnected with her when she was 18, I was so excited about the possibility of us becoming, you know, good friends and maybe establishing a legitimate brother sister relationship. And you know, it unfortunately, it never happened. And she went through something very traumatic recently. I'm not going to expose her business. And I felt bad. And I but I, there was nothing I could do. It was literally my hands were I could not do anything about it. I directed her to the resources to help her all of this stuff. But it was nothing else I can do. I sent some money. It wasn't a lot. Y'all. I had bills to pay. I had my, I just paid for grad school applications, um, Christmas, you know, I had to pay for other stuff. It was a lot. And, you know, I was going through a whole thing with my job, with my salary. They finally fixed it, but I'm waiting for my back pay. So I was going through a lot, y'all. Like one of the reasons why I wasn't um, doing this podcast for a while was because I told you I took a big pay cut and, you know, I was a little depressed about making less money than I was and I'm getting older. And then some of my friends, you know, their salaries are doubling, sometimes tripling. And my salary is going down, down, down. <clears throat> Excuse me. But those are the career choices I decided to make to set myself up for, you know, future endeavors. So I took that. But, you know, I was still a little depressed. 
So, but I also didn't have any money to give her. And not only that, she's not my only sibling, you know. I have a younger brother who's younger than her, okay, that I was raised with, even though I'm much older than him. And my brother is more self-sufficient. And my brother does not have a college degree. This girl has a college degree. So it's like, you know, and then my little brother needed something. I'm more, you know, prone or inclined to help him because I know he really needs it versus her who, you know, she wants to do these experiments and um, volunteer and all this other stuff. And it's like, girl, you can't do this. You know, times are hard. People are losing their jobs. We're in the middle of a global recession, a global pandemic. And you need to just take a job that you can get right now. You're still in your 20s, your mid 20s, now in her late 20s. You, you, know, you have the career possibilities that a lot of people don't have. And I told her this all the time. And it just went in one ear and out the other. Where my little brother, and yeah, you know, people say, oh, well, your little brother uh, decided not to go to college because me and my sister did. And I'm like, yeah, but you know, my little brother also has the parents he did. So, I mean, I digress. And... It's, I was just very lucky, you know, I was just, you know, my experiences with my mother neglecting us motivated me to like, you know what, Ken, you're not going to be broke. And if you have to go to college, get into some debt so it could get you access to some good paying jobs and a great paying career, do that. My little brother didn't think like that. So it is what it is. But this girl has a college degree. But she's not taking advantage of that degree. She's not using that degree, you know, or at least like thinking or strategizing. She's just thinking like, OK, well, though it was more like, I guess, because of her trauma, she thought the world owes her. And what's crazy is my mother used to always say when I was younger, she was coming from the place of being a B word, though. Um, she says the world doesn't owe you anything. But in a way, it doesn't. You know, there's millions, hundreds of millions of people out here that's been abused and neglected. And I'm not saying, you know, be strong and get over it. No, go to therapy, get that help and everything. But you still have to think like, OK, I still need to make sure that I have the financial stability to protect myself and to care for myself, especially, you know, when you're in your 20s and older, you know, at least your mid 20s, after your mid 20s, that mindset should hit. That's not happening with her. And, you know, you guys can argue and say, oh, well, this trauma happened to her. Not everybody's like you. I started off this episode saying all of that. But if someone is telling you this and you have a college degree, you don't have kids, someone's willing to help you. Like I said, I told her I would get you, let her use my address, all of this stuff. I had a whole plan, explained it to this girl, and she did not want any of it. She did not care. The only thing she was looking for was sympathy and money. And I couldn't. So she thought that because I went through a similar trauma as her at the hands of our same abuser, I was just going to let her, you know, take advantage of me. And I don't know if she thought I was a millionaire or not, but I've told her I'm not a millionaire. You know, I live in an apartment in D.C. Yeah, granted, but it took me a long time to get this apartment by myself. You know, it took a lot of hard work. It took, you know, um, I had to do AmeriCorps, which I'm grateful for. It actually helped me get my current job. But I was paid at the poverty level. And then when I got my first job after AmeriCorps and after college, I was only making $34,280 a year. That is not a lot of money, okay? And then my next job after that, I was only making forty-two, then fifty-two. And you know what? The $52,000 your parents probably were making in the 90s is nowhere, it's, it's way more double than the $52,000 in 2018. I'm just saying. 
So, I mean, I make m way more money than that now, thank God. But, you know, like I said, I, 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 it was a lot of work. And that was five years ago, 2018. So I've told you I've taken a $10,000 pay cut then. Then I got this promotion. So it, it, a lot has happened. But I just did not have the money to take care of her like she wanted me to. And I'm not saying, you know, I think she was only using me for money. I don't think that at all. I think her problem was she felt she was and she was she was not protected as a child. And she thought that, you know, her reaching out to me who had a similar experience should understand that, which I do. But just because I understand that doesn't mean I'm going to deplete myself and take away from myself my livelihood and my stability to give to you someone that continuously make bad decisions and now we're both shit out of luck. Like that's that that that's bad. It's not wise and it's detrimental to both of us. So now I'm out of house and home. I have nowhere to go and I still have a job down here, but I have to pay rent. Can't pay my rent, my bills, my credit's bad because I'm sending money to you. And what are you doing? You know, you're making bad decisions. You know, you decided to join a commune or live with somebody, but you're not working. Or then you have these jobs and you're saying, oh, these people don't like me and blah, blah, blah. And you know how some women are. And I'm like, yes, I know how some women are. I know how some men are, but you got to deal with it. And what you do is you plot and go to the next job. That's what you do. She wasn't doing that and she couldn't understand that. And I think her background, black people, you know what I mean when I'm talking about her background has something to do with that. I personally believe that. Um, so she just thinks like, oh, well, life is not fair and everybody should attest to me. My sister was acting like a Karen, y'all, basically. And I couldn't. And I cannot stand a Karen except my aunt Karen. May she rest in peace. I'm drinking a highball seltzer. It's kind of nasty. It kind of tastes like gasoline, but I'm going to drink it, though, because the, uh, the White Claws were too expensive tonight. And I went to Whole Foods. But yeah, um... That trauma bond, I had to cut her off. And we got into a big, I'm not going to say argument because I don't argue with people, okay? Um, we got into a big disagreement. She, I blocked her from my phone because she was talking crazy to me. And I told her, like, I don't know who you think you're talking to. I didn't cuss at this girl or nothing. I just thought, I don't know who you think you're talking to. But what you're not about to do is disrespect me. I'm not your abuser. I'm not your father. I'm not your man, Okay. We we may be related, but we ain't family per se. I didn't say that last part, but that's I almost did. I think I typed it up, but then I deleted it. We we related, but we ain't family. I mean, at this point, we not because if you gonna keep doing all this stuff to me, but you never tell me about any good things that's happening with you, any updates, none of that. She just was going crazy like, oh, you don't do this, blah blah blah, and then she started that whole uh duh. Yeah, no one wants to protect black women. Now, black women, I love y'all, okay? My best friends are black women, okay? And I know black men sometimes ain't shit. Some of them ain't, but I ain't one of those black men. But what you're not about to do is, and I'm saying this to, to any black woman this applies to, not all black women, to the one this applies to, you're not going to blame the rest of society and say they don't protect black men when they sick of you making bad decisions. That's what y'all not about to do. And I might be a little controversial, but I don't care. If you out here making bad decisions 
And like, you know, you want to stay with a man that beat your ass, cheat on you, talk crazy to you. And you have friends, men and women saying, girl, don't go back to him. He ain't no good. He don't respect you. He don't love you. Come stay with me for a little bit. I mean, to be honest, if my friend was getting her ass beat, I don't know if I would let her stay with me because I don't want him coming to the house and trying to do something to me and my family. But I would definitely like, you know, put you somewhere, a shelter, a hotel or something. I would do that definitely to protect you. I'm be like, we going to the police station because you need to have a record of this man doing something to you. That's what we're going to do. I don't care about some, oh, we can't, we got to protect the black men. Oh, you know, they killing black men out here. They're killing everybody out here. Black men, Native American men, black women, Native American women. They're killing all of us. Okay. They're, they, they're killing us. But, but at the same time, though, I am not going to protect somebody that's trying to kill me. Or my people that I love. And bitch, if he trying to kill you, he ain't worth protecting. So if the cops got a on him, let them do it. Because he is out here trying to kill you and make you look crazy. Make you look crazy and or try to kill you. Break you down, beat your spirit, have you depressed. Probably try to uh, excommunicate yourself from this earth. Whatever the case may be, he's no good. And he needs to be taken away. So... I, 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 you know, so y'all gotta, so y'all gotta stop that. You know, that particular man ain't protecting a black woman, but the people that are trying to help you are. If you're making continuous bad decisions and your friends don't want to help you anymore, like, girl, you want to go back to him anyway. Oh, girl, you went back to him. Now he don't like me. Now I can't come to your house. You scared to speak to me. But then all of a sudden, you know, he beat your ass again and you want to call me like, girl, no, at this point, if I don't want to deal with you anymore, I'm not not protecting you. I've tried and you don't want protection from me. You have to help yourself at this point. I don't know what to tell you. So I went on that tangent, but I'm saying all of this. I've tried to help this girl multiple times, multiple times tried to help her. Something traumatic happened to her. I didn't know until a few weeks before. She's thousands of miles away from where I'm at. I can't do anything. I told her, you know, go to the police. I found her resources. I found her a place to go. All of this stuff. But when it came down to it, she just wanted more money and somebody to find money for her. And I'm like, I don't know who to contact, who to, I don't know. It became, oh, well, nobody want to support me and start going off on me. So I blocked her. She hits me up on LinkedIn and tells me she wants to, uh, last week I was away on a work trip. She hits me up and she says, oh, can you unblock me? I really want to talk to you. You know, I just want to call you and speak with you, blah, blah, blah. So I message her back. I say, I will unblock you. However, if you start talking to me crazy and being disrespectful, I will block you again. And this time it will be permanent. So she replies back, you know, what did I say that was disrespectful to you? If I had told you multiple times you're being disrespectful and um, towards me and I've given you examples, which I gave this girl and she did not want to listen, then I don't know I mean, if that means at this point, you don't care. At this point, you don't care. You either think, oh, you did. Well, Ken felt that way, but I don't care what he thinks. I didn't do that to him. If someone tells you they felt disrespected by you, say, I'm sorry. Don't even say, I'm sorry you felt that way. Now, you could say, I'm sorry that I made you feel that way. I'll, I'll say that. That is different from saying, I'm sorry that you feel that way versus, I'm sorry I made you feel that way. Because you're taking responsibility for your actions. It was not your intent 
to disrespect them or make them feel bad or less than, but that's how they felt. So you say, I'm sorry that I made you feel that way. I did that to you. I'm sorry. That is not what I meant. If you say something like that, that's fine. My thing is this. She knew I wanted to help her. If that wasn't the case, I would not have been answering her texts for years, her calls for years, sent her money over the years. I would have never done any of that. So the fact that all of a sudden, you know, you think you're going to talk to me crazy on my phone. And mind you, I just cut off my other sister uh, uh, last year who I was actually raised with, cut her ass off. So the fact that you think someone like you, and you, yes, you're my sister too, but we're not close. Like I said, we related, but we ain't family. But you won't talk to me crazy and message me because you disagree with the advice I've given you or you felt I did not do enough for you. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't know what else I can do besides X, Y, and Z. I could lead you here, give you these resources. These people will help you go to them. I've done all of that and been up late talking to this girl. She was calling me during work hours. I had to sneak away or when I was working from home, I had to multitask to make sure that she got the attention from me that she deserved at the time. But you just want to ignore all of that because I can't give you some money or because, you know, I don't want to listen to you cry for 20 minutes while I'm on a work trip. I don't got time for that. So I told her that. And she still couldn't like, well, well, I, I just want to tell you about something that just uh, I got an award or something. So I'm like, great. All right. Well, you know what? I'll unblock you. I unblocked her. We're texting. It ended well, I thought. The very next day, I get back to D.C., and I was about to meet up with one of my really good friends, my friend Annie. Shout out to Annie. And then my friend um, Lola later on. So I'm literally y'all about to leave my house. So she texts. She calls me while I'm in the shower. And then I get out the shower, and then I saw her miss call. So I texted her, hey, I'm about to go out. What's up? This girl proceeds to go off. You ain't got time for me. You you can't answer your phone. That's messed up. I'm your sister. I said, see, this is why I blocked you the first time. You act like your father. I wanted to say you're acting like a bitch like your father, but I made it a point not to curse at her because I don't know her like that. So I don't want to curse at her. So I almost said that. But I'm like, I told her, I'm like, you acting just like your father. That's very uncomfortable. It's very weird. You know how I feel about him. And she said, and you know. She just starts saying, you know, no one protects me. I can't believe it. You, you, um, you know what? I'm taking you off my shirt. I didn't know any of this. So then I texted her back and the bubbles went green. So at this point, I'm like, oh, this bitch want to call herself blocking somebody when 24 hours prior, she was begging me on LinkedIn to block me. I'm like, okay. So I went on LinkedIn. Since you don't want to communicate with me, you also don't need to be in my business either. So I blocked her on LinkedIn and now the heifer ain't got no way in contacting me unless she um, uh, unless she uh, unblocks me and tries to call or message me. But I promise y'all I will not answer. I could be a real vicious bitch. I really can't be because what I am. I've worked hard in my life. I'm not about to cry, but I'm a little emotional right now. I've. The biggest thing I'm always working towards in my life is inner peace and stability because I did not get it any time in my life. I don't care what anyone says. I don't care if my parents were like, oh, you know, you grew up in a good home and everything. I'm like, yeah, but then when y'all got tired of me, you shipped me to my abuser where I got my ass beat. My mother's brother comes around. 
bullies me, beats my ass. No one says anything. My mother, you know, leaves my stepfather. She becomes an alcoholic. And then she, I become a teenager. And I guess, you know, she was like, oh, the end is near with him. So I'm going to be his ass as well. To the point where I'm going to tell y'all story. My mother bit me at the back of my head and I'd have called the cops on her. And this was two days before Thanksgiving in 2007. And if she hear it, trick, you remember it. And then the cops said they can't do anything because they didn't see any marks. I'm like, because I have hair. I'm like, she bit me at the back of my head. And then I had to go to school the next day. I come home from school and she's all, eh, 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 you can't come here. You want to call the cops on me? I'm like, that's no problem. So I went to my grandma's house and I told y'all I love my grandma. Her birthday's on Sunday and I'm going to see her in a couple weeks. I'm excited. Um, I went to my grandma's house. That's her mother's house. And my grandfather was still alive, but my grandfather, my mom's dad lived with us. So he rest in peace, pop up. I ain't going to go in on you because you, you checked out of here. But, um, yeah, she came to my grandmother's house on Thanksgiving that year late. And she's like, oh, hi, Ken. And I'm just looking at her like, bitch, you just kicked me. Yeah. I just, oh, Lord. I said I was not going to call that lady a bitch anymore. Okay. I didn't call her a bitch. I'm thinking this. I'm thinking this. This is what I'm thinking at the time. So I'm reflecting. So I, I caught myself. So I'm thinking like, bitch, you just kicked me out the house after you assaulted me. And mind you, I did nothing. You know, F it. I'm going to tell y'all the story. This is what happened. So my grandfather, I did love my grandfather. I did. You know, there's things he did I didn't fuck with. I didn't like, but I loved my grandfather. I think my grandfather looked at me as, you know, his daughter lost her innocence to my father. But he never had no heat for my father either. My grandfather wasn't a punk, but he didn't have heat for my father. But for some reason, when I was a little kid, my grandfather and I were mad cold. I loved my grandfather. But as I got older and when we when he lived with us, um, when I was like a teenager, he I just saw what a bitter old man he became. And it was crazy because I was like, yo, this is pop pop. Like we always got along. And he was just so like grouchy and mean to like me, my sister and my brother. And I just never understood why. But as I got older, I understood it. So my mother had me at 16. And my mother was an honor student and everything. My mother, I told you, I went to college. She dropped out of Westchester. Um, I think as I got older, my grandfather, you know, when people get older in life, you know, whether it's like towards the end of their life or just getting older in general, I think they start to reflect a lot more. And I think he was just thinking like, oh, my gosh, like my daughter's in her 30s. She's a college dropout. She ain't really did anything but her life. And now she got these three kids. And now we all live in the same house. And... You know, she could have done so much more. And I think uh, him looking at us every day was just a reminder of like what his daughter could have been. But she made another decision instead. And he was just very mean towards us. Not nasty like, you know, he wasn't. Well, no, he did call me on my name a few times. So I have to take that back. But um, he didn't like beat us or anything. But he was just very mean, like very nasty. Um, 80% of the time. And yeah, he just, um, one day it was the, I told you two days before Thanksgiving, 2007, we had cooked dinner and we had like a chore schedule. So it was like my sister's night to clean the dishes or my night and the dishes were, yeah, the dishes were clean, 
But my grandfather had friends that came over. So they left the dishes in the sink. And I think my mother or my mother had cooked and left dishes in the sink. Oh, this is what happened. I think my mother had cooked and left dishes in the sink. And it was my sister's night to wash the dishes. But my sister, I don't know, she probably snuck out. I don't know what happened. But my grandfather started whining about the dishes in the sink. And everyone that knows me knows I hate leaving dishes in the sink. That's something I've gotten from my grandma. Because my grandmother, whenever you go to her house, even to this day, you cannot leave dishes in the sink. And you have to dry the sink when you're done. So I don't do the whole drying part. But I definitely make sure there's no dishes in my sink. And I clean the sink. So... I was like, it's not my night to do the chores or whatever. And my grandfather, he would just, he was just very upset and going off and everything and then talking shit to his friends. So I could hear him, not stupid. So I'm just like, oh my gosh, you know, I, I'm not, I could hear him. So he is making such a mess, a fuss about it. I just go downstairs and I wash the dishes. I'm like, okay, I'm like, I'm gonna wash the dishes. And then... One of his friends came in and he was like, oh, an old alcoholic, but I had no beef with this old alcoholic. I cannot stand an old alcoholic, but that's a different story. He's like, oh, you know, I know your grandfather's a lot sometimes, but, you know, just take it easy. I'm like, no, it's fine. It's, it's whatever. I don't even care. Literally, that's all I said. Like, it's fine. I don't even care. Like, you know, because I'm not going to argue with no old man. That's my grandfather. On top of that, it's just washing the dishes. It is what it is. I didn't like how he went about it. I didn't have no problem washing a dish. I mean, I was annoyed, but I didn't have like a problem like, oh my gosh, it wasn't like I was working on anything important. Somehow, because of the old alcoholic, I presume, to this day, this is what I think happened. He, my grandfather is under the impression I'm in the kitchen just talking shit about him. Like, I'm over this, like going off. So he tells my mother, she gets home drunk as well. And she's like, Ken, come down here. And it's like 1130 at night. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? I have school the next day, okay? And she's like, you disrespected my father. I'm like, what are you talking about? And I did talk like that because I was 17. I didn't care. And what you're not about to do is talk to me crazy. So I'm like, what are you talking about? I didn't say anything. She's like, you down here disrespecting him. And my grandfather's like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I said nothing. What are y'all talking about? And she's like, oh, no, you getting smart. I said, I'm not getting smart. I legit don't know what you're talking about. And then she's like, oh, you in the kitchen talking um, shit about your grandfather. I said, I did nothing. She's like, oh, so now my father's a liar. And I'm like, I almost said, girl, I didn't talk like this at the time. But I'm like, I said nothing like that. She got mad and then she tried to hit me, but she's drunk. And you know, when drunk people <laughs> try to fight, they kind of fall. So then she's like, oh, you pushed me? I'm like, I didn't push you. So I went upstairs and she decides she's going to storm after me like she precious his mama. So I'm like, oh, hell no. This trick is crazy. So I tried to shut my bedroom door, y'all. And she was too fast. I don't know if alcohol gave her adrenaline or what. She busted through the door and starts hitting me. And she's like hitting my face. And I'm like, oh, no, at this point, bitch, we fighting. So I'm like hitting her back. I'm like pushing her off of me. And she's like getting more aggressive because she's like thinking I'm fighting her. But I'm like, no, you're not going to be putting your hands in my like hitting my face. So then I fall and she legit comes behind me, y'all, and bit me at the back of my head. I was pissed and I didn't have a cell phone at this time. I ran out the house, got to a payphone, called the cops. 
I sure did. And then the cops were like, oh, you know, well, your parents disciplining you was nothing bad. I'm like, I was, I did nothing. I'm like, she is clearly drunk, which is illegal, by the way. You can't be beating on your kids drunk. I know these old Gen X and baby boomers and people older than that think it's okay to beat your kids with broomsticks, belts, extension cords. That's abuse. And beating on your child when you're drunk is abuse because you don't know what might happen. This bitch was drunk. Yes, I just called her a bitch. I don't care. I already called her a bitch earlier. She was drunk and she did that. So I had nothing. I, I, and that's when all that stuff happened where I had to go to school, stay in the house with this woman who just assaulted me. I go to school the next day. You know, she hung over because my mother used to sleep every day until noon. And I'm still in school. My sister and brother still in school. So she would sneak out the house and get drunk all day. And we don't see her. There was a few times I didn't see my mother for two weeks, y'all. Because every weekend I was like, I got to get the fuck up out this house. I can't stay here all day. Like, you know, at least school was my saving grace. Even though I couldn't stand most of the motherfuckers in that school either. I would go to Chester to my grandma's house and it was a little, and you know, Chester's a little hood, but you know, I liked it. You know, I had a little thing down there until no one knows that. Well, some people do. And I guess you guys do now, but I was like, I'm not staying here all weekend. And you know, I have to like, so I would go to Chester. So this particular time I always spent the holidays with my grandmother anyway. And then across the street, my stepdad, my grandparents lived across the street. So I wasn't going to stay there anyway, but I literally got in the house and she was waiting for me and caught herself trying to kick me out. So I digress. So when people disrespect me, I don't like it. And that's why I cut off my half sister because I just don't like being disrespected. And then I guess my mother, I, I don't know. She went through some trauma. I don't know what the case. I don't really care because, you know, um, her and my grandmother, they got an uneasy my grandmother definitely loves her children. She loves her daughter, my mother. But my mother, you know, have a different perspective. And I can understand that. I'm very understanding of that. She probably thought my grandmother, because my grandfather never hit my mother. And my mother grew up with both of her parents. But her mother was definitely the disciplinarian parent. And I've heard my grandmom talk. And my grandmom was definitely out here whooping ass and taking names to the point, you know, I probably would have called the cops on my grandmom too. And I think my mother, like I said to this day, is jealous of the relationship I have with my grandma. So that 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 you know, I guess she's mad because I won't I don't share that trauma with her from her abuser. That she I don't share that trauma with her. Cause my grandma didn't abuse me. My grandma loves me and I love my grandma. So yeah, I, I just can't I can't deal with it. Um, and that's one of the, and that's a big reason why I don't talk to my mother. You know, that's also her decision because she's not much of a mother either. Um, but yeah, you have to cut these people off for your own sanity and your mental health. You really do. I cut off my half sister because I didn't want every few months I have to deal with her. Didn't have to deal with text messages, her trying to make me feel guilty. Cause there were a few times over the years I felt very guilty. Like, damn, like not that I wish I could do better for myself, but damn, I wish I could do better to help her. There was a couple times I thought like that, but then I had to come back to reality and say, Kian, it is not your fault that this girl is living like this. It's not your fault that she was abused. It's not your fault that, you know, she can't keep a man. It's not your fault that she can't keep stable housing. It's not your fault that she keeps getting fired. It's not your fault that she has a bad attitude and doesn't have much of a social life because she can't get along with people. That goes back to her childhood trauma. And her childhood trauma, we had the same abuser, but she was with him her whole childhood. I, fortunately, I was not. So, I mean, I had other abusers, but dealing in that house every day with that monster, I didn't. So I felt very, 
I was very empathetic towards I had a lot of empathy and very sympathetic towards her because of what she was going through. But then when people start, you know, people may not physically harm you when they start that mental manipulation, emotional uh, manipulation, then I recognize that because my mother didn't physically abuse me as much as my biological father did or even her brother did. But my mother is was very emotionally abusive. Very. One time I was gaining weight and my mother said, I'm going to end up like those fat kids on Mari. She would say horrible things like that. So, you know, people may think comments about my body and my mother never said anything about it. And it's like, it's not my fault that, you know, I have a big butt and hips and, you know, people are saying like things like, oh, why is your son built like a girl? Your son acts like a girl. Looks like it's not my fault. Like, this is just how I am. She never said anything about that. But, you know, she could listen to the words of some drunk alcoholic, tell her father that I was talking bad about him in the kitchen, which I did not. And you come home and you physically assault your own child two days before a holiday. There's there's a place for people like her. I ain't going to say it, but you guys know what it is. Let me give me another drink for the next episode. I told you I'm going to do another uh, recording tonight. Oh, shit. My side piece just hit me up. I might hold on. I might have to uh, postpone this second episode. <laughs> but yeah, y'all, it's just trauma bonding when people. I was trying to bond with my half sister because of our shared trauma at the hands of the same person. But I wasn't trying to, you know, have that be the basis of our relationship. It was definitely supposed to bring us together. But I wanted the basis of our relationship being like we overcame. You know, she did go to college. I went to college, you know, and, you know, she's still here. You know, to be honest, the abuse she went through, even the abuse I went through could make somebody suicidal. And we're still here. Thank God. Um, and I just wanted to like, you know, you know connect with her we, we have that connection with her because we both had a similar experience but i didn't want the trauma bond to be like oh well i'm going to i didn't want us to be toxic to each other because i'm not about toxicity and i thought she wasn't either and who knows i don't even think she wants another person to be toxic tied with her but i definitely think she emotionally manipulates people okay and actually we want to do this So trauma bonding is the attachment of an abused person feels for their abuser or someone else that's like, you know, had the same experience from the same abuser. <clears throat> so I didn't want, you know, like I said, I didn't want that to be the basis of our relationship, but I definitely wanted us to connect over that. And, you know, hopefully get over it together. And then, you know, maybe, you know, she finds a husband and have start a family. You know, I do whatever. And, you know, 10 years from then, you know, we have like Thanksgiving dinners with our partners and so forth and just start our own thing. But unfortunately, that didn't happen. You know, I'm, I, I'm not really, really close to my older uh, half sister. I love her, though. She's a great person. We don't speak as often. Um, You know, she's... Like I said, she's um, she also has kids, so she's on a different wavelength. You know, she's being a parent, living her life. She's a working professional woman where I'm a working professional young man. But I like to turn up, go out. And we also live over a thousand miles apart. So we just don't have that uh, opportunity as of now. But who knows what the future may hold. So with that being said, it was so great speaking with you all tonight. Um, 
I, I was going through that last week and I was really like thinking, is it bad that I just didn't have any feelings? Because when people are like, oh, you know, she might hit you back up. She'll get back to you. You know, maybe, you know, she'll learn her lesson. And I'm like, no, and I'm cool with that. Like, I really was hoping that, you know, I could block her again. Like, I legit did not want to communicate with this girl ever again. And when she hit me up on LinkedIn, I was like, oh, my gosh. But not to sound like a bitch. I was like, I'll unblock her, but I had to let her set my boundaries. And when she blocked me again last Friday, I was relieved. I'm like, I was legit being like, thank you, God. I don't ever have to talk to this girl again. Like, I legit felt that way. And that might sound bad. It might be harsh. It might be extreme. But that's legit how I felt at that moment. And even with my other sister, the one I was raised with, who I don't um, have a relationship with like that anymore. I, you know, I love my sister, but, you know, like I said... Our relationship as friends is dead, you know, as brother and sister, like a strange brother and sister, that could be cool. You know, if we go to like the same family event. I'll say hi. I'm pretty sure she say hi. Um, we have mutual friends. So I see her in an event. I could say hi to her. But as far as her like coming to my house, we going on trips together, me going to her house, me calling her and texting her and kicking with her. Those days are done because once you cross a certain line with me. I'm cutting you off. Like, I've been abused, misused, mistreated my whole life. I really have. And I'm over it. And that's how I feel about some of these men. But that's the next episode. So we want to talk about that next. But yeah, y'all, I just love you all. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you guys just listening to me rant, babble, bitch, get emotional, talk about the drama and the mess in my life. But really, if you guys have any like things that you want to talk about, if you want to talk to me directly one-on-one, feel free and reach out to me at kclorbird at iCloud.com. I respond to all emails. I want to say thank you all for, again, you know, it's been four years, three seasons, because, you know, I was lacking, of Kiki with Kian, and I plan to continue. We're going to uh, do two seasons this year. So season four will be recorded and released later on this calendar year. We're going to be releasing episodes through the beginning of March for this season. Then I told you I'm going to Spain for my friend's bachelor party. I'm excited about, but I need to go on a cleanse because I've been wilding out. I've eaten out every day this week, except today. Today was the first day I didn't eat out. Um, and I was supposed to go out to dinner with some friends tomorrow, but that ain't happening anymore. So now um, I need to just go on this cleanse, lose at least 10 pounds. Uh, before this trip so that way I could fit into some of these clothes because I refuse to buy any more clothes until I lose some weight okay but y'all be blessed have a great Friday love you all peace